Was that your way of, was, was that my applause? <laughs> I get one singular clap and I sit, you walk into a room and Scott says, aha, <laughs> you're here. Now that, sit. This is going to make it on the episode somehow. Absolutely. I, I haven't even done the intro yet. You have an intro? To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Hi, I'm Scott Jacobs, and this is season two of The Mouse and Me. On the show, I'll chat with my pals who come from all walks of Disney life, including Imagineers, dancers, technicians, directors, musicians, and stuntmen, and Broadway friends who have worked on stage and behind the scenes. We'll talk attractions, shows, food, characters, tips and tricks for planning your trip and navigating the parks, and more. Now, put on your Mickey ears or your princess crown and enjoy season two of The Mouse and Me. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Mouse and Me. As always, I'm your host, your pal, Scott Jacobs. If you're listening for the first time, I'm happy you're here. Oh, boy! <laughs> if you've been here before, I'm happy you're back. If you haven't already, please rate and subscribe to the show and leave a review. It all helps, and I'd appreciate it very much. Also, if you'd like to support the channel, please visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash themouseandme. Any monetary support would be greatly appreciated, and the proceeds will go towards recording and technology equipment, mm. research, and producing, maintaining, and publicizing the podcast. Yes! So, today's interview is very different than how I normally conduct my interviews. My guest is here in person in my house, what? in my kitchen. This isn't your studio? This is, <laughs> this is not I in my studio. I just figured your studio had a refrigerator, a microwave, and a dishwasher. <laughs> you guys are so utilitarian. We, we get hungry. <laughs> I am recording this interview using a completely different interface and mic setup than what I'm used to, and I don't have an outline what you can go wrong. You should see the fear in his <laughs> eyes, people. He's so upset that, I make, that I'm making him do it this way. <laughs> so the person that you're hearing is, well, Rory, just say hello. Hi! Rory is back. I'm back! Chapter two, baby! We did the thing! So before we get into anything else... During the last interview, I meant to ask you about your version of the song that you played from Finding Neverland. It oh, made it on the album. Yes! Oh, we didn't talk about that. No, I forgot. Oh, we should. That's a fun story. Tell the story. Okay, so there is a Finding Neverland. It's a Broadway show I did. I, I did. I was with that show for a really, really, really long time. And sort of my, a lot of my experiences with that show have utterly defined me as an artist. Like, it was a really, really, really very, very big experience. But one of the coolest things that happened was when I was first starting out in the workshop, um, this is a little bit of a long story. Is that cool? That is fine. Is that cool, Scott? I will edit you out completely. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to whittle it down. He's going to cliff notes me later. Um, so I was in, I was doing the workshop and at that time I didn't live in New York. So they put me up at a hotel and I remember every night I would go home and it was really cool because my first Broadway show, which was Elf, I got to do and it was like everything. It was a really cool experience, but I was a standby. You know, I was standby in a limited run, so I never actually got to go on stage. Um, that's not true. They actually pushed me on stage for the final show. I was like an ex it was that was a that was a magical experience. Beth Lovell. If you ever get a chance to interview her, find her Disney crossover. She made really mad. She, she oh, yeah, she pushed. She's the one who pushed me out on stage. That was magic. So anyway. I was staying in the hotel and I would go home and I would, there was a song play and it was just like this raucous bar number. It's really celebratory and it was something fun about it. It was very Irish, very like kind of Appalachian, like really cool. And so I took my banjo, I was just learning at the time, and I would, I would like make up this lullaby version that I would sing to Gus, who was just a little baby at the time. 
And, and Gus is your son. Gus is my son. Gus is my nine. I have two sons. I have two perfect children. Not perfect. They're awesome, flawed humans like all of us. But uh, they're nine and seven, Gus and Theo. Uh, but I would, I would play this lullaby, beautiful version of play for them. And, and that's all it was. And then fast forward to our workshop in Cambridge. So Cambridge, Mass. was up close to Vermont. My family had a lake house in Vermont at the time. And I always like fantasized. Like, if, if, like when I was younger, I was like, if I, if I ever do this, if I ever hit like, the, if I ever get the Broadway stuff. I want to bring a cast up here. I think it'd be so cool to be like, guys, we had a couple of days off. You want to go to the lake? And that's like literally how it happened. And a bunch of us went up there and I started noodling. Like I just looked around me and it was everything I wanted this Vermont house ever to be. There were people jumping off the swimming dock. My buddy Thane like pulled the canoe out. Thane's been in Hamilton for a he, He's a super cool dude. But Thane, like, like, like the people are just living. A bunch of these really cool artists were just out living in this lake house. And I remember I pulled out my banjo and just started playing it. And like we were just noodling around. There's a video of the first time I did it. And like my friend Mary Page starts jumping in. I think she like freestyled over it or something. It was really fun. And then and then that's that kind of went away again. It was just like this little thing Roy noodled with at one time during the Cambridge workshop. So then there was another rehearsal. I had one of the boys' ukuleles. Because the boys played the ukulele, the little boys, uh, the Llewellyn Davies boys in the show played the ukulele. And I had grabbed one, the ukulele, retuned it like a banjo. I never learned another string instrument. I just restrung every instrument <laughs> like a banjo. Someday I'll restring like a violin like a banjo. Um, and I started playing it again. And Mary Page joined in with these really, really rich, awesome Brandy Carlisle-esque harmonies. And my friend Josh looks over and he's like, yo, that's better than the actual version of the show. And I, I, it was just like something I noodled with. So then Mary Page and I just started kind of developing it. Like she, harmonies, lyrics, things made sense. It had a breakdown chorus that involved an older. What was really cool is I was able to bring back versions of the song that got deleted. Like, like cause you know, as these songs go through workshop and through out of town, try it on Broadway. Sometimes stuff slips through the cracks. Sometimes stuff that shouldn't be removed. And for no other reason than you just got a lot of chefs in the kitchen, stuff mm-hmm. falls through. And really beautiful stuff falls through. And so I remember, I've always done this. I've been like, I kind of grab a bridge that was deleted, I'll put it in my pocket. And then I recontextualized the song and we, we put that back in. It was very personal. It was a song that was very uh, chord-wise, very simple. So it was easy for anybody to jump into. And there was this one night, dude, <laughs> cut to Broadway. We It's our first night in the theater. First night in our Broadway theater. And... It's, we, we didn't even have a rehearsal or anything. I think what we did is we had, a rehe- we had a rehearsal in New 42. And getting to this point for this show was, was a trial. Like, this show, was a, this show was really profound in my experience as a person, but this show was also sometimes challenging, you know? These shows get very, very challenging, especially when you're away from your family and you're trying to figure things out in your career. Like, these shows are kind of become the backdrop of your life. So... I was in the show for a very long time. So this moment where we finally got to the theater was pretty seismic for all of us. And I was kind of considering it my debut since I never really did the thing before. And we all go into Matt Morrison's dressing room and he had, he had really, it was a really cool dressing room because at some point in time, uh, Adam's family was in this theater and Nathan Lane had done a big old redo on this dressing room. So it was a very cool dressing room. It, it was like a lot of old, a lot of new, a lot of really interesting choices. But then Matt's wife, Renee, who was a really cool interior designer, did a whole other thing. And it was this really cool, peaceful, almost like cave-like place to be. A lot of purples, a lot of color, like very calming. And all of us crammed into this dressing room. And somebody's got the video of it. I, it's lost a time to me. But, and we went into play and we did it. And my friend, that theater exploded with sound. It was the most... It was, it was, it was a summoning. It was a, it was a, it was a hallelujah. It was everything. And that song, like 
And I remember, like, you, there was a video and you watch everybody, everyone's just, just like literally singing to the heavens this song because it's so easy to jump in. And once you get to that breakout, people are banging on liquor. But it was so authentic and so real and so cool and so needed at that point. And I remember, like, the producers and uh, some, some, some of the composers, like, t- like, people, the creatives were all watching. And you just saw them just kind of, like, had this really calm... And what was a really stressful time, this really peaceful experience with this song. And so the one of the songwriters, Elliot Kennedy, super cool dude. He wrote like all of the Spice Girls' biggest hits. Like this guy is a sensation. Uh, the songwriting team was Gary Barlow and Elliot Kennedy. And they were just really fascinating, cool people because they were pop composers. They weren't from this world. They had a, you would just see them out in the hallway on their like MIDI controllers, just crafting. Mm-hmm. You didn't see that. You didn't see that before. They showed so much of how to make the, how to make the soup. And it was so cool. To, so he heard it and like, I, I don't want to do an impersonation, but it was just, I just love when he says, it's amazing. Man, we're going to put it on the album. And I was like, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're ever going to put that thing on the album. That's awesome thing to say brother that's so cool because for a minute you gave me that you, you spiked my heart rate for a second that was really cool but if you don't do it it's okay because i know how these things work sure so we get to the day of the album recording we noodle back and forth this song pops up but it never that was the zenith like that's what that song was for that moment if that song had disappeared into stardust at that moment it would have been right and in some ways it did and it should have because that was beautiful so we get to the album day and we see the entire i get in we see the schedule and it's like blah 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 blah, 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 blah all the stuff and down at the bottom and it says, with an, like, if time, ensemble play. And I was like, yo. Nice. I still get goosebumps looking at it. Because my friend Mary Page, who, I mean, her and I had really developed this thing at this point together. You know, it started out this one thing, and she saw something. It was just, it was just an energy. It, it, if, there was a, if, if there wasn't a duet for, like, the songwriter, it was a duet just for the energy of keeping this thing going. And, and like, yeah, we get to it. And Elliot says, all right, we had time. And Ellie pulls out this bottle of scotch for everybody because you remember they were playing the scotch bottle on the thing. We all took a couple of shots and we did it in one take. Nice. One take where we all just stood there and we did it again. And we, it, it, and like, the, like the, 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 the music supervisor, David Chase, was in there singing bass. My friend Haley, who, who is, who, she, she's our copyist. You know, and she's playing the ukulele. Like everybody was in on this thing, not out of obligation. It, there wasn't rehearsed. It was just, guys, you guys want to make a little silly like art in the moment and we did it and it's messy and it's, and it's not what I, and, and it's, it's, it's the one that, what I really love about it is the one that's on the album is not my favorite version. Like I'm way too close to the mic. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you know what though, as messy as you might think it is yeah. for so many people listening, of course. it's probably perfection. Exactly. And what that messiness allows me is to remind myself of things like that is that well, what I'm hearing is not what they're hearing because what I'm holding on to, we're not holding on to what I'm basking in still is that moment in Matt's dressing room. So let's say they produced the ever loving crap out of this thing. And it was this like unbelievable pop. Like it, it was, it was, it was full. It was rich. It was messed with. I don't know if I would have remembered Matt's dressing room as much. So I'm really glad that this, just like the one in Matt's dressing room is flawed in all its own ways that you said that creates that universal ear for it. But that's a beautiful thanks for that reminder, man. That was cool. that's that's great. Thank you for so telling me. So it's on the oh and and icing on the cake. I have an arranger credit for that song on in the like it's 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 just, it's I didn't write the song. I just recontextualized somebody else's words. But they still gave me an arranger credit on the album, and that song is in the vocal selections. Nice. Yeah, there. <laughs> I mean, just stuff like that. Like I, I I always forget about that, and that that is a fantasy that I would have had as a kid that I would never even been like. Because you want to be, you know, you're like, I want to be Phantom. I want to be Andre. I wanted to be Andre Ross. That was, that, that was mm-hmm. my Broadway dream. Um, but like, I would have never said like, I want to slip, trip and fall into having my own song on an album. So it just goes to show all you artists listening to this. And I know you are like, 
your scope of success has no bounds. Right. You're literally in outer space with how amazing your art is if you allow it to go there. So have no clue what's going to happen and stuff will surprise you. Nice. I remember hearing the Broadway cast album to Grand Hotel. Yeah. And Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. Th- that's a very good woke, one. Ooh, you just, ooh. <laughs> you just woke my heart chakra. <laughs> and there's a bonus track on there. Yeah. Uh, David Carroll. Yeah. Who, uh, he, he wasn't long for this world, sadly. He was okay. such a huge talent and um, he, he passed away. And he never made it to the studio to record his role. Oh, wow. So Brent Barrett uh-huh. recorded the show. He's on the cast album. But there was an event that David did, I, I, I want to say at like Don't Tell Mamas or, yeah, or, or yeah. something like that in, in, in Midtown. And during his cabaret act, he sang the Baron's song. Yeah. And they took that recording from that night yeah. and it's on as a bonus track. Yeah. And I remember thinking, mm. this is the coolest thing. And now there's a second bonus track on another yeah. Broadway album that is the coolest thing. And just like yours, I, the, the story behind that, like if you just listen to it, you'd be like, oh, this is another take. Like if you didn't know that story, but the story. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, so man. speaking of stories. There we go. <laughs> so Segway. you have a lot of cool stories. And, and I prepared. It looks like Mickey Mouse threw up on me. I'm wearing Mickey Mouse socks. Yes. I'm wearing my Apple Watch with a Disney band. And then the watch face is a different uh, Disney uh, watch face. Wait, I'm wearing my Captain America magic band, even though <gasps> it doesn't get me into anywhere in my house. And I'm wearing a shirt that has all four parks in Walt Disney World. Yo, the fact that you and Tracy have not engineered this house to open and close <laughs> with those Disney bands yet. Oh, I'm almost a little disappointed in you guys. I, I think you could do it. I think you may. I, I think I think that Jacob's uh, household needs a fast pass. <laughs> what, what, no, what do they call it now? It's something different. Lightning Lane. Lightning Lane. I learned that because I was just there. See? But so I have prepared for this interview. I look ridiculous mm-hmm. in all these non-matching Disney things, and I'm actually okay with it. Oh, look well, at your watch well, face. Well, thanks to the ease of this uh, uh, watch iOS, I can switch my face in a, in a breeze to a Mickey Mouse. Well, since it's October, I'm using... Pumpkin oh, Mickey. Oh, that's funny. I got to see. Oh, wait, we'll talk about it later. Sorry, sorry. I was gonna I was gonna jump into some Halloween stuff. Go ahead. I got to go through the haunted mansion with all the stuff on it. With the, all the, the nightmare the overlay. Before. <gasps> oh nice. Oh, it's so cool. See, I really <laughs> like the Disneyland Haunted Mansion a lot. Disneyland Haunted Mansion Haunted Mansion is crazy. What's that style? What's the architectural style of the Disneyland one? Uh, uh, it's like an old bayou like, plantation, like, like plantation mansion. It, it looks like a singular mansion. Yeah. Now the one in Disney World still, I mean that's my OG one. Like that's like I was a Disney World kid first, but that one is like a palatial estate. Yes. You and it has like a gardens and stuff, and you can't really get a feel of it. So it almost feels like it's coming it's not a house and then a ride but like that's a house yeah and so you feel like you're in a haunted house i love that yeah i went through it with uh with ty taylor uh ty is like if you ever listen to the songs for a new world um album ty is man too and he he, he is the one we grew up i mean if you, I, I am not the only one who grew up listening to that album if you grow up listening to like on the deck of a sailing ship flying home like all those unbelievable songs he sang so to get to work with him was and I told him, I was like, yo, you're a vocal inspiration for me. And now this is really cool that we're working together. And then we were like giggling through Disney World together on the, on the Haunted Mansion. But yeah, the overlay was cool. Radiator Springs, though. 
All right, so so I know what you did there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We should, uh, we, so many people know what you've what you did there. This entire vacation, this entire podcast, isn't just about my vacation to Disneyland. <laughs> That's not it. Beginning, middle, and end. I have to talk about D twenty three. We can talk uh, about we can anything talk about you the, want. We can talk about the fun. No, no, that. Uh, I, I, I want to talk about both because you, you were out there for work, but yeah. oh, I mean, it was no, a pleasure. At no point did that W word even enter the equation right. when it came to this. So You're, tell everyone why you were out there. Okay. So at once upon a time, I do a lot of, so I was a, I was a Broadway actor for a long time. I, I did a few shows and did a lot of live on stage stuff. I have since, I'm since, because of, you know, it's just more aligning with where I'm in my life right now, doing a lot more voiceover stuff, a lot more sung stuff, off-screen singing, like I do work for Schmigadoon, I do work for, um, who else did I, I forget, oh, there's a show on HBO, Love and Death, whenever there's like, I got to do a lot of church singing for that, that was cool, so through just people I've connected with in, in the industry, when there's a TV show and these, you know, certain people are working on it, they call me in, but one of them was I got to go, uh, and I say got to, because it still feels like a dang privilege, uh, Hawkeye, the series, uh, you know, when the MCU started pivoting to doing series, giving us eight hour movies, which I was happy about. Uh, uh, those are amazing. So good. Yeah. And the Hawkeye one, um, in episode one, he takes his family to see a fictitious, but oh so delightful musical, a send up of Hamilton. It's called Rogers the Musical. And at the Lunt Fontan Theater. I really think it is. No, no, it is. It for is, sure. it is. Okay, because yeah. when I saw it, which is, oh, talk about Well, because remember, <gasps> we did part one and part two, and then I did a follow-up. It was my first Magical Moments episode oh. as a follow-up because we created the list during see, our interview. See, Sky, you 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 just, you just gave me goosebumps because I'm pretty sure that I manifested <laughs> this moment when it, at that magical time when we all, like, I'm, I'm totally joking, but like... The fact that it went back there, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I never even thought about it. I didn't tie that connection together. I love that. Um, but, yeah, so we take Rogers the Musical and the song uh, that Mark Shaman wrote, this excellent, like, microcosm, entire musical in a single song that this dude wrote. And, like, everything else Mark Shaman writes is audaciously too good, but not too good. But it, he, he, he writes things so in earnest but also with so much joy and like kind of just enough wink that you can throw yourself into it. Like everything he's ever done, it like for me is that. And it's just so palatable, but also excellent. Mm-hmm. And so he writes Save the City, which is, and, and I got to, I, I'm the singing voice of Cats in America, long story short, I can do this all day, man. Yo. And then for those who've seen that show on Disney Plus, if you watch the Assembled, which is oh, like yeah. the making of, yep, yep, yep. you'll actually see Rory I'm in the background. In the studio. That was a, yeah, that was at the beginning of my growing the hair out phase. I've yep. since cut it again, but it for looks a very fantastic. good reason, which ties into what we're talking about. That's correct. So long story. Sh- oh, am, am I telling? Am I telling the whole shebang? Yeah, I should probably. Hey, man, we have time. <laughs> And I'm wearing I'm wearing your magic band. You have to tell the story. I have to. Okay. So anyway, I go into the studio. See, so Mark just contacts me out of the blue and it's like, "Yo, dude, can you, can you like?" And we talk about it and flip, trip, and fall. Get to do the VO thing. And then while I'm in there recording the studio, I never told anybody this, and because on the day um, it was done, the cap is actually I'm uh, Tom Tom Feeney. It's the name of the actor. He looks sensational. Like he's doing like flip kicks, all kinds of cool stuff that I couldn't. And it was like his physicality of it and his joy with my voice. It was just so fun to watch that marriage. And so I'm I'm on doing the VO and I was like, it'd be kind of fun to do the whole thing at some point. I can you know, give me this. Can I can I hold like just having these little like like comic because I'm a huge comic book nerd. Sure. And I'm a huge Marvel nerd. 
So DC spooked me when I was a kid. I was like, yo, Batman's Batman's rogues gallery are horror movie icons. I can't, I can't <laughs> swim in those waters. I, I got to go back to Spider-Man and, and all that stuff. So we do the VO. It actually takes off really well. People respond really well to the song. It looks great. It sounds great. It's a, it's a comic book nerds dream come true. That would have been enough. I can now say like, yo, my aurals, A-U-R-A-L-S are in the MCU. My voice is in the MCU. It was such a cool moment. And I really got to celebrate that. And then Mark Shaman, you magical man, on my birthday of all days, he contacts me again. And he's like, um, can't tell you anything about this, but um, what are you doing around this time? He told me, told me absolutely nothing. Now, now, did he know it was your birthday or that was just a happy coincidence? Hmm? No, 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 he didn't. No, he was, and honestly, he didn't tell me. I didn't know what it was. Like it was, it was, it, it was, he was just seeing if I was available for a thing. And then when the time came and they actually, I actually found out what it was, it was like, it, so D23, and obviously I'm telling you know, Lord Disney what D23 is, mm-hmm. but like, it's their huge fan convention, man. And it's like they have, they have Star Wars now. They have Indiana Jones. They have Marvel. They have all Avatar. They have all these properties now. So this, this is like a geek's paradise. And I found out, at, when I found out, when they finally, when I finally, what it was, they, Marvel had been returning to the panel for the first time in three years, and they, and there was a lot of anticipation about this return, and they wanted to start it off with a big old splash, and that was, uh, save the city. They wanted to do it live on stage. Like, they said, like, you know, Kevin Feige's gonna come out, he's gonna say a couple of things, and boom, and all of a sudden the music's gonna kick in, Mark Shaman's there conducting the York. And that's what it was, and, and they, and they, that's what it was, and they said, but this time, because they want it sung. They were like, can you come do the whole thing? Mm-hmm, nice. And like, I worked in a comic book store when I was 16, man. Like these, this, this is my stuff. Like I am so rooted in like comic book nerddom and like, like, oh, and so for me, just that right there, that idea, that, that sort of actualization of this whole thing, building from like getting to do the VO. And now it's like, boom, you get to go throw your fist in the air as Captain America. You get to tell your kids that it's like, I know it's really hard when dad does gigs, but like this time it's for Cap. And there, mm. and you, and I saw my older son's eyes like light up. And for the first time he was like, yo, dad's career's kind of dope. Like, cause I had done cool things before, but they never thought anything I did was cool. And they couldn't get enough of this idea. Like we, we decoupaged one of our, our game room wall with all my old comic books. I still got my, long, I have like 10 long boxes of comic books still there. So I went through ones that I was willing to, you know, marry Kondo. <laughs> does this give <laughs> sure, me joy? Sure. So yeah. And I did, I, and I got to go out there and be cap at a live performance of Save the City that absolutely, in, in my humble opinion, set that auditorium alight with joyful, like I mean, joyful, it, it hit joyful the internet. Output. It was it went worldwide. The crowd lost their minds. Yeah, because and it was ah, it was cool, and that's what it felt like too. Because I remember being backstage. Can I talk about this? This is a, this is a really cool thing. Yeah. So I met a buddy out there. So uh, in the show. Um, the, the the way that song works out is that you have three kind of main focal points of the song. You have you have the two New Yorkers, which on the show is Adam Pascal and Ty Taylor, two people I vocally idolized growing up, and um, and then Cap. And then, so all the other Avengers have these little call out lines, but Cap has the I, I can do this all day, and then he's got the call out like Thor unleash a lightning, then Natasha, it's your cue. That all all that stuff he's got, which uh, every single every time I sang that, I was like, this sounds like the Who's Tommy in the best possible way. Yeah, oh yes, it sounds like yes, Pinball Wizard, does, but in the does, best possible does. way. It's not like it, it's like down and down and down down. It's that kind of vibe, and every time I sang it, I was like, I'm a Pinball Wizard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never told Mark that. That's really funny. I should. Um, but yeah, man. And uh, oh, so we're all backstage and, and it was a kept a secret 
from everyone, including the people involved. Like, I didn't know about what the heck I was doing until like just up until the thing. And so even from the other D23 participants, because we were behind the curtain, we were with like all the, the, the movie stars and all, all the people who were going out to the panels and like, so, but we were always like, like I couldn't be seen in my Captain America outfit because they, Marvel wanted it to be a surprise. Gotcha. In an era of leaks and spoilers, Marvel wanted a surprise. And they thought they thought they had one. And they did. Like, we got them. We got the fans, man. And it was cool. And, I, and when you get somebody, when you genuinely get someone, because let, 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 let's say it got out there that, that, that they were doing a Save the City to open up Marvel. That's not a casting announcement. Right, right. That's not a new movie. That's a, you know, that it would have had time for people to get used to the notion and then be kind of like, what does that get me? But the fact, what the people got in that room, Scott, that was so special was a surprise and joy. And they just basked in it. We basked in their joy. And it was this back and forth of just like, can you believe you're doing this? And they're like, I can't believe you're doing this. And they're like, we can't believe we're doing this. And it was just so fun. Now, how long were you out there in total? Like a week? Either six or 10 days. I don't remember. It's a, I was supposed to go out on the first. I think I went out on the fourth. Yeah, because there was so much stuff up in the air. Yeah, I think yeah, I was out there for six days. Okay, and then how long did you rehearse? Mm, um, we rehearsed. What else did you do when you were out oh, there? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we got in there, and we rehearsed every day up until the event. So if we got on the, I think, fifth, so I probably flew in on the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, we rehearsed in a carpeted Anaheim uh, Marriott uh, conference room. But it was all, nobody cared because we're, we're all cosplaying superheroes. And like, and I remember because there, there was a team of dancers that, unbelievable dancers, talents like I haven't basked in, in the presence of in a while. And they had been working uh, for a couple of days prior to the singers getting there. And so, yeah, so they were doing the heavy lifting from day one. We show up, the singers show up uh, day six, uh, rehearse, 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 rehearse. But like right away, we're into like costume fittings. Disney executives are coming in and watching. Things are going. So it's, it's kind of a fast, what could have been a really stressful environment. But do you know what never left that room ever? Joy. And that was a really cool thing because I've been in some tricky rooms before and, and sort of just like the upwards positive, you know, upward spiral of positivity is incredibly potent and effective. The, the negative one is just as effective, but that didn't ever enter this room because everybody remembered why they were there the entire time to get to be superheroes. Number one, to get to bask in like what they're supposed to do artistically and to surprise some awesome fans. And that was never let go of. Now, I'm assuming there were a lot, you mentioned this before, a lot of Marvel actors were there. They had no idea. <gasps> no, no. I, what was their reaction once you guys took really the stage? Really cool, really cool. Like, I remember at, after it, because uh, there were just so many run-ins, so many poetic cool run-ins, because you're backstage at D23, and I'm backstage at D23 dressed like Captain America, like bumping into like people like Harrison Ford and Owen Wilson, and like just nonstop surrounded by it to the point where it wasn't a thing anymore. You were just existing in a sea of artists. Now, when you saw Harrison Ford, did you autograph something for him? No, Scott. Scott, here's the thing. I didn't want to talk to anyone because I was so excited about what was going to happen. I, w I had this like laser focus. I was also nervous as all get out because here I am like this thing that I've like this really cool thing was about to happen. And when things that when things align like that, you know, you, I'm still nervous. It's still going to happen. And so I, I remember I'm like, everyone's here. Everyone's here. Everyone's here. Everyone's here. You're nerding out. You're nerding out. You're nerding out. Uh, trailers are being like you, you ever you are surrounded by so much sensational things between the two lines, just keep right, it right, right there. But it wasn't in a bad way. It, it was in like a kind of a release, a release beautiful way. Cause I knew I was any, anything, any announcement that I was going to miss, I was going to catch in a few minutes. And then 
So we get to this point where we're all, they finally get us from this um, uh, holding part where we were all hidden and they get us backstage and we're all in position. And I am a curtain away from Harrison Ford, like talking through tears about his farewell to Indiana Jones, Mm -hmm. a curtain away. I'm feeling this man's energy. Like I've never felt anything. And the, the Indiana Jones trailer drops and I'm, and I'm behind the screen. So I'm watching it in reverse and it was something so cool about just being, and, and the trailer was good. I don't yeah, know if it. I need to watch it. I haven't oh, seen I don't, it. I don't know if it's out. I don't know if that was a the. I like I like I said. I wasn't paying attention to anything, so I don't know if that was actually like a thing. But it was good. And then all of a sudden, so we're riding. Everybody, we're buzzing. Everybody's buzzing, and we're riding high off this. And then you know, Kevin Feige comes out, and he, he he's talking, and people are cheering because here they here, here they come, here come all the big things. And he says, you know, I'm watching you know, yesterday because because the day before was the Disney panels, and so you would see all the people from uh, what's it called, Disenchanted, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so that folk, so there were all these like really musical moments in the pre- in the previous one, and and Mufasa returns, all these beautiful, beautiful, and he's like, you know, I always wish Marvel had a musical number, <laughs> and you heard the bass drop. And Mark Shaman just like cast like did like Mickey Mouse and Fantasia brings up the ocean. And nice. it's like the crowd loses their mind. Scott, we felt it. We felt it behind the curtain. They were riding high on like Harrison. We owe a lot to Harrison for because he set the stage, man. Kevin Feige juggled it up a little bit and then boom. So I remember I'm in my cab. I ha- I'm holding my shield. My buddy, Sean, who is a magical dude. And like I met a forever friend at this thing. The guy who, because Adam Pascal wasn't available. And Sean, who is a Marvel super fan, who is a Save the City super fan. This is what a big fan of Mark Shaman I am. Um, um, not like, like just loved Save the City. And is, is an actor. And he was out on tour. And he, he, he and his band recontextualized. Save the city, just like I did, kind of what I did with play a little bit, but there, I mean, I I was a claw hammer banjo in my voice, and they're a full band, and they rocked it out, and he played it for me, their version. And so at that time, uh, Mark saw it and saw that video and was like, hey, Sean, that's really cool. Here's the music. And I basically was just like a facilitator. It wasn't like, hey, stop doing that. It was like, I love when people do this, and it gives me a lot of joy to see people take my art and do this. And like had a really human connection. And then when Adam Pascal wasn't available, who do you think Mark Shaman called? Ghost Sean. Bust- no, oh, Ghostbusters yes, yes. weren't available, man. He, that, <laughs> this is the, no, that was call number three because Sean didn't answer right away and it was busy. So he called the Ghostbusters. <laughs> they haven't been together for years. Mark, you're insane. So he called Sean back. Thankfully, Sean had gotten out of sauna and answered his phone. So, but Sean, like he's there. I saw him because we, what was really nice about this entire thing is those moments when this felt almost too joyful to be true. I had Sean who would look at me and be like, nah, man, this is really happening. And he had me to look at him and go, nah, man, this is really happening. So we were just like these bouncing joy off each other the entire time. So Sean walks out and as the music's on, the crowd goes nuts and Sean walks out and I hear the crowd explode. I remember, I knew my mic wasn't on it. Even if it was, nobody would have heard me. And I was like, they're in! (laughs) Nice. And we just, and we proceeded to just do it. And it was, and I remember we finished it. I was on a cloud for the next like four hours. I, uh, Sean and I had very similar experiences. I don't know. Cause, cause after it was over, it was, it was just like, I don't remember. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember where we went. I, I went back cause I had a trailer. I went back to the trailer and I remember I was still in my Captain America outfit and I looked at the mirror and I just like screamed, screamed in elation and joy that that just happened. And that's something that I don't do. And I was just like, like ah! and Sean was in the next trailer doing the exact same thing. 
And it was so, and then Sean and I just went into the green room and watched all the Marvel trailers, like surrounded by every possible MCU, like avatar, all these actors. And we're just like, and I remember I didn't, I just wanted to bask in the moment of what just, what had just happened. And it was so cool. Now, I'm assuming all those Marvel actors watched you all on yeah. the stage. Like, did they approach you and say, okay, we Sean, had no idea, Sean, idea Sean, that was coming. That was amazing. I'm a shy cat, dude. I don't like, uh, so I don't, I also wasn't, it was no longer in my cat. And, and even if they wanted to, you know, everybody in those moments are, are, are there for why they're there. And, and I'm sure that's a tricky spot to be in. So at that time, I really liked to stay in my lane. And, and I knew that I was like, I want to see these Marvel trailers and I want to eat this sandwich. <laughs> Sean is a social butterfly. He's awesome. He was cheap because he was wearing his Rogers, the musical shirt. People loved it. And I'm listening to him talk to all these other people kind of like as this like little boom, 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 around me as I'm just kind of sitting in the center. No, it was really cool. It was really cool. Well received. It was re- and it was it was sensationally cool. And there was a really cool moment where Anthony Mackie walked by me and I was I was like, what's up, cat? <laughs> He said that to you. No, I said that to him. Oh, but I said oh, it real quiet. Oh, okay. I didn't want him to hear. I didn't want him to hear me. I okay. just, I just, I needed to. I needed to have that moment where I got to do it, and he's walking by, and it was, it was cool. It was neat. What would have been cool is if you said on your left. Oh, here's the thing. I have not stay, stopped saying things like that forever. <laughs> and he did press me on my left. Oh, that would have been really cool. No, he's got the shield, man. He's got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I do that a lot well, as I come home because people have uh, people, other parts of my life call me cap. And I, I just, I get, I used to get embarrassed about stuff like that. Like if you would be like, Hey, like other gigs, but for some reason I'm like, no, I'll wear that proudly. That's fun. You should wear it proudly. Oh, yeah. It's fun. And I'll do, I, and I did that to my buddy and I, I was helping somebody out at work and he was like, Hey, right. Can you come, uh, no, he was like, Hey cap, can you come, come give me a hand? I was like, uh, yes, citizen. What is it? But that kind of <laughs> fun thing. It's just fun. Cause why not dude? Yes. It's so citizen. S- <laughs> Absolutely. Now you mentioned Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have a run in with him out there? So I don't know. I probably should. There was a magical space <laughs> where you could just walk in. Cause yes, I drank a lot of water. Because I was very nervous, so I had to go to the bathroom a lot. And this was the bathroom that all the, the dudes were using. So there was just constant in and out and running. And yeah, yes, yes. The, 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 the bathroom at the backstage bathroom at the D23 is a celebrity factory. Because our thing, our room, it, so the way, when I say that, I don't mean to go in there. Our room, our little hall, hallway was right next to the bathroom entrance. So you would, so I would be, I would, you, you'd see out. And all it looked like was just that there was this doorway that was just producing celebrities. And you're like, oh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, Pedro Pascal. Oh, Giancarlo. Oh, Harrison Ford. So it was hysterical. Yeah. So that's cool. Very cool. So you did this performance. I'm assuming you had time in the parks when you were out there. (gasps) Okay. Part of what tied this whole is that the joyful experiences just didn't stop. Now, rehearsing this thing was an absolute joy because it's not a, it's, it's not, it's never going to be a, uh, a number that's not fun to do. And the creatives that worked on this thing were so Jay Howarth was one of our producers and she is a, she is, she's, she's, she's Brene Brown personified. Like she is a bastion of light. Uh, Terry Ann was another producer and she is a, a, another one, just un, unrelenting positivity, but also just authentic communication. Like Terry Ann's a huge Marvel nerd. And so we would just like geek out about the stuff. And, and so there was, and uh, Catherine was one of the choreographers and <clears throat> Kevin was another choreographer. And the reason they were so special is that I'm not a dancer. 
Now, if I have, now you are a sensational dancer, so I'm going to offer that you have a vocabulary inside you. So when you learn steps, you're putting pieces together. Does that sound? Mm -hmm. I don't have any dance vocabulary. I'm a really good mover, but in order for me to learn choreography, it takes a lot of time because I'm learning things like weight shifts and stuff like in the moment, stuff that's so natural to a dancer. Me, it's like, I got to start back from the garden every single time. But they saw that. They knew we only had five days. Mm-hmm. And what was really, like, there was some choreo that they were really willing to let go for me. Like, every time Cap turned, I'm not a good turner. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to spot. And, like, I, I engage my core differently. Like, so, but they would be like, don't worry. Don't turn there. You're doing it with your voice. <gasps> oh, oh, nice. the phrase every singer is so desperate to hear. Like, <laughs> don't have to turn. You're doing it with your voice. God. <laughs> Bless them. Because what, the, what they did is they, because they did that, they, they let me take those moments of insecurity because you can't have any moments of insecurity. It's cap. You got to be out and broad chested. So those moments I would be like, I'm doing this. And then I turn and I, it, it's, 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 it's not as effective. It's to say, it's not as effective as a visual as you want for the, for the leader of the Avengers sure. who can't, who can't turn. So, no, it was just that every, every single person. So, and Mark Shaman uh, was was a part of that joy as well. There was a rehearsal where Mark came in with his husband Lou, who Lou is uh I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk, but like like Lou is Lou Mark Mark Shaman's husband Lou is one of the most delightful human beings I've ever met. Mark is one of the most delightful human beings I've ever met. And uh Lou is also a huge comic book nerd. And so I got to just vibe out with just with that with Lou for for about all this stuff. And I feel his passion. He he was in his homeland. So there was a day in the rehearsal where Mark's like Hey, Ty and Sean and Rory, uh, basically like Disney's given Lou and I a VIP tour. You comic book nerds want to come? And nice. we were like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? And so we got to go do a VIP tour in Disney and like. Which park? All of them. Nice. Both of them. Like wherever we wanted to go. We had the most sensational guide. I'm going to look up his name and we're going to put it later. But this guy was amazing. We met at the. Um, at, at the hotel where they were staying, which is the one that kind of is very lodgy looking, real wildernessy. Grand Californian? Maybe. Is, is, it, di- it, is it the Disney one? Yeah. Does it open yep. up right into downtown Disney? And you mm-hmm. go, yeah. So that's where we were. And we're there and there's there's a beautiful like like sounding pianist playing in the lobby and I'm standing there with them and we have our guide and I was like, I'm still sweating from Captain America. and But but it's just like, I, I pinch me. Now, after that rehearsal, which wasn't a rehearsal, it was just playing for a few hours I get to go Disney now. And so we went to, we went all over Star Wars, the Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. I, we were walking in and I was just in a, in a sea of joyful explosion already that when we walked into Galaxy's Edge, they, they kept walking and I stopped and I was like, no way. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Was that the first time you've ever been? Yes. Oh, okay. Scott, it's one to one. Okay. It's it's it doesn't even look to scale. It's so immersive. It's yes. everything you've ever wanted something like that to be. And I lost my mind. I bought a rebel tank top and like wore it proudly. And we went on all the rides, and the rides aren't rides. They're like these cinematic experiences. When you get out and you see that sea of stormtroopers and you look up at a full-size ATAT, if your heart doesn't skip 17 beats, who are you? <laughs> Holy crap. Crap! They figured it out. Yep, yep, yep. And that going all over that, and I, I remember, I forget the two rides. We did the one where you just get into the ship, and all of a sudden you're in a different place, and you feel like you went to space. What's that one? Yes. Uh, uh, was that like the full like eight, ten, fifteen minute oh, experience? It's huge. Rise of the Resistance. That yes is unbelievable. And then we did the one where you get in, you all have the different assignments. 
Um, like some people are the gunners, some people are the... Oh, oh uh, uh, Smuggler's Run. Yes, the, okay. Yeah. So this is my favorite thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, and it's up there. So there's six of us. There's Lou, Mark, Ty, me, and Sean. Is that six? No. Uh, five. Five. Who was our six? Our guide! Oh, our the guide. trusty of guide. Course. Um, so they, so Sean and, and our soon-to-be-named guide... Oh, I gotta look up his name. I should text somebody while we're talking. Let's call him Guy. Guy the guy. Guy the guy. Guy the guy. He's got a much cooler <laughs> name than that. Oh, he was so kind. Um, so he was up as, so Sean had done all this. Sean, Sean was a little bit my guy too. He's like, Roy, I'll take you through this. I got you. I've done this. You're, you're, you're going to like this. So he was like, so Ty and I were gunners. So we were shooting the things. Sean was up in the front uh, with, with our guide and they were the navigators. They were flying. Um, and Lou and, oh, no, 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 no. Lou was piloting. Lou was piloting. Shh. Piloting with the guide, and I think Sean was in, Sean was an engineer with Mark. Mark okay. Mark was an engineer, and you have to work as a team. Yes, you and do. I found out that the first one's an automatic win, but the second one is, is whether you guys can coordinate. So I get very big into these things, very big. So I'm like, oh, the left, die, shut up, shut up, boom, <laughs> and the navigator, and Sean's screaming too, blah blah. blah. Mark Shaman, God bless him, is just kind of, he's the most delightfully like himself person you've ever met and every now and then when we're all like flailing around he would just kind of go uh, as a podcast and you all could see me I, i'm striking a very casual pose and gently <laughs> raising my finger and tapping the uh what do you call that the uh launches the um because you have to you have to shoot the enemies you have to drop the things and you have to launch the uh the, the cables that pull them in what do you yes, call that the grappling yes. hook yes and he would he would just gently tap 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 that <laughs> grappling hook once and then just kind of look off and be mark and delightful and so the first one we nail but you know it's automatic so the second time we do everything we're navigating the lasers are blowing up ty's nailing it i'm nailing it sean's nailing it blah blah, blah. and we, we we knock the one down we grab it we pull it in and we, we, we knock the one other one down we grab it and we're like wait what's happening turret turret no knock it down grab it no grab we're screaming we're screaming and you see mark in the back just slowly raise his finger <laughs> press the button the grappling hook launches out. We save the day and we all collectively go, yay! <laughs> it was so awesome. So you saved the day twice. Oh, there it is. There see, it is. See. Yeah. And after that, um, it basically was like, what do you guys want to do next? Because the whole thing was that Lou really wanted to see the Star Wars things. Lou's passion. And Lou has this wonderful, quiet passion about him. And Lou really was sort of, I mean, Lou is Mark's connection to, to all this subject matter and why Mark could write about it so epically and, and truthfully and honestly, like... <laughs> You know, you've never read a comic book. You don't know anything about a Tesseract. And the fact that not only is he writing about a Tesseract, he's writing about it with a lyric that's clever in seven ways. Like that is that is Mark's like earnest passion for art mixed with Lou's sort of, like I said, quiet passion for this. And and I I really liked watching like witnessing Lou like love the crap out of all this stuff, too. And and that's what we all were. It was just and it's and it's also what made this week awesome. It's just we were just ping ponging the joyful subject matter and environment we were in. There's no more joyful place than Disney. Now, did you walk through the, the market? Did you go to Ogus Cantina? Did you try the milk? We did try the milk. We tried, we tried both milks. I got a, I got, <laughs> I don't drink soda anymore, but I got a diet Pepsi just because the bottles were so cool. Yes. Yes. And I gave that to my kid and I was like, you guys are going to do something cool with this bottle. Daddy, daddy risked the aspartame for you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we tried the blue milk. I, we weren't fans of the blue. It was interesting. It's a neat experience. Did you like the green better? We tried both. One I did like a lot better. One had a one had a fruit combination that didn't that was a little strange for me. Um, but yeah, you oh. might like the blue milk at Walt Disney World because you can get it with alcohol. Maybe that'll do it. Because you know what it was? It was too sweet. If I had something to cut that sweetness a little bit, like a gin. Oh, I bet that'd be really <laughs> good. 
You're really good. Because, you know, I, I've, I've been limiting sugar for a couple of years. Oh, good for you. And I, um, I, when we went recently, I said, uh, do you have a, like an ingredients list? Because it's all plant-based. I'm like, all right, it can't be that bad. Right. And I'm looking at it and sugar. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I did not have it. I, I, I had it years ago, but right, I did right. not have it again. It's no, it was good. It was just, yeah. it was a little too saccharine sweet. Um, I, and I'm really glad I didn't drink more of it because I, uh, I, I did almost throw up on one of the rides. So Which we, one? what we, what we did, so all, all, all told we did Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, Guardians of the Galaxy, Radiator Springs. I think it was another one we did after that, but I forget which one we did. Um, but by the time we got to Radiator Springs, the sun is set. Oh, and the full moon over Radiator, like an actual full moon over Radiator Springs. Oh. What the, oh, if Galaxy's Edge took my breath away, Radiator Springs took my breath away. Isn't that just fantastic? Well, I've, mm. I've watched that. Gus, Gus watched Cars four times a day growing up. I could recite that movie. I love that movie. And I, and I love that movie just because I've watched it. The soundtrack to that movie is so gorgeous. Like everything about that movie, but the community, what really attracts me to that movie is that really warm kind of desert community, that idea what yes. it probably feels like to live there. And you were there. And you were there. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it wasn't like, oh, you were at an approximation. Like, yeah, sure, it was scaled and stuff, but like, I knew that if I walked to that intersection and I looked right, I was going to see off into the desert expanse. I knew exactly where the statue of Stanley was. I knew where Flo's place was. And She's got lots of gas. The flashing light. It flashes exactly in my brain. I saw, I saw, uh, oh, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the, um, what's the Vans, what's the stoner Vans name? Uh, the, uh, the, the one, oh, the hippie gosh. band. Uh, uh, I, the, the, the actor is, uh, hey man, who, who, who did it originally? Oh, uh, cause it was a second person. Uh, in the, the comedian. Was it George Carlin? George Carlin. It was George Carlin, George the original, Carlin. that character. Cause, yeah. Cause he stares at it blinking. He's like, I swear it's slowing down, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the, what the third blink or something. Is yeah. A it slows down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Third blinks a little bit longer. Um, no. And so we went through that, but, uh, on guardians of the galaxy. So, okay. So we get on space mountain and I, I don't think I'd ever done the Disneyland space mountain. Isn't it fantastic? It's fanta- well, yeah. And our amazing guide is telling me all the differences while we're walking up to it. And at this point, you could tell Mark was like, I've had, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. And that guy's always working on 37 different things. He was about to have like Hocus Pocus 2 drop and some like, like all this cool. And I'm, Mark, we're just like, Mark, take thee to, take thee to bed. Take thee. <laughs> and, and he did this thing. We were in the line. And he looks around. And he's like, so where is the nearest exit? And he just like, <laughs> he, he disappeared off into the mist, dude. I, uh, I adore that man. Um, so we get it. We get into Space Mountain. And towards the end of it, I always do Space Mountain with sunglasses on. And because I wanted it even darker. I remember that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did it. There was, this was no different. And towards the end of a couple of whips, I was like, ooh, there's my 38-year-old equilibrium. <laughs> Things are different now. Can't, can't, can't do Dorney Park like he used to. Um, and so I get off and I'm fine. And I'm I, like. I, I, I keep on saying I like it better in California. It's smoother. It was a, it was a much, um, I enjoyed the heck out of it mm-hmm. and I, and I couldn't, you know, I can't compare apples to apples in the moment, but I enjoyed the heck out of and, it. And was it just regular space? Mountain no, it was the was holiday- it hyperspace mountain. Hyperspace. What's the difference? A uh, hyperspace mountain. It's themed. Uh, I think they Star stopped Wars. it. I think they stopped doing it. Okay. I th- I, well, no, I, it wasn't that because, uh, somebody else we were with let us know that like, oh, they used to do a thing, but they're not doing it now. And it's, it, it, it's, this is actually better. Okay. So whatever, whatever I, whatever experience I got was, it was a good one. Okay. And it totally was. Um, and then after that, we go right onto Guardians, you know, as we know, the, which is the new Tower of Terror. I didn't know that you get launched up as fast as you get launched down. <laughs> I'm fine with getting dropped. But if you drop me and pick me back up again a bunch, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to shake up a little of that blue milk. <laughs> and so I'm fine. And then I get to a point where I'm just like, hmm, I'm getting sweaty. And <laughs> I am going to start meditating. And I just started meditating. I just said, 
breathing in. And then we get off, we get off. And I was like, don't throw up in front of your friends. Don't throw up in front of your friends. And I unbuckled and I ran out. And you saw like Lou's face, our guide's face. Everybody's face was like, is Rory going to, is he okay? <laughs> and I was just kind of, once I got into fresh air, I was fine. Okay. But I knew that, because we, we were supposed to do the, we, we weren't supposed to, we had planned on doing the um, Incredicoaster. And I, I was like, you guys can do that with that. Because I think that the first one, <laughs> End of Space Mountain was my strike one. <laughs> Okay. Guardians Galaxy is my strike two. Strike three, it's, it's just going to happen. So you guys, should, but then we, by that point, we were, we were chilling. We were like, you know what we should do instead? We should do Radiator Springs. And we went there and we drove. And do you know what the, you know what the funniest thing about that ride is? And that's all the time we have for today, but Rory will be back next week where we continue our talk about his recent trip to Disneyland and we play a special Marvel-themed game. As always, please subscribe to the show, rate, and leave a review if you liked it, and tell your enemies if you didn't like it. Follow me on the socials by searching The Mouse and Me, and visit patreon.com slash themouseandme to support the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you have the best day ever, and see you real soon. <laughs>